Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Norwegian Encore this week. It was a five-night cruise out of Port Miami back at the end of December. And staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Before we punch up Richard, a quick little note here. Uh, the Cruise Radio Patreon is just a little uh, extension, if you will, of Cruise Radio. We re- uh, released the show early there, put some kind of behind-the-scenes photos of like the shipyard from a couple of weeks ago, and some extra interviews. So I'm not going to push it or sit here and harp on it, but if you'd like to check it out, it's patreon.com slash cruise radio. Kind of uncomfortable talking about it because I've always been kind of a person that I'm not a pushy type person. I was telling my mentor this at the TV station and he was like, dude, you've been doing your show for 14 years and you've never have brought anything like this online. So I'm sure people would be happy to support and for sure 70 people right now. So if you're one of them, thank you so much. It's very sweet of you. Once again, patreon.com slash cruise radio. All right, enough of that. Staff writer Richard Sims is on deck. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. So there could be trouble in paradise. You know, the moment Royal Caribbean announced that they had plans to open a beach club on the far end of Paradise Island, I couldn't help but wonder how the folks at Atlantis were going to feel about this. I mean, when we think of Nassau and the Bahamas, one of the biggest attractions is Atlantis. You know, you see it in the distance and it's this big water park and casino and hotel and it's 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 a very popular stop for cruise guests. So, you know, it sort of seemed like, whoa, here comes some competition to Atlantis with this beach club. Well, sure enough, the president and managing director of Atlantis has now thrown up a red flag suggesting there needs to be, you know, a closer look uh, and more discourse and disclosure before final approvals are given. As of right now, the Royal Beach Club project is awaiting an environmental impact assessment. And yet, according to the officials in the Bahamas, they're basically saying it's good to go. It can start any day now. So, you know, there's clearly going to be some butting of heads over the next couple of weeks here. 
uh, the folks at Atlantis say that they've raised numerous questions. I think they said something like 50 or more questions, mostly regarding the environment, which have not yet been answered and that they think need to be answered. And they're kind of making a big public stink about this. They also say that there weren't a lot of hearings publicly about the new Royal Caribbean project. And that's one of the reasons that people maybe aren't as aware of the problems they're raising, etc. But Clearly, the local government wants this project to go forward almost as much as the folks at Atlantis maybe don't want it to go forward. And, of course, Atlantis is doing, you know, doing everything they can to put themselves on the right side of this argument and making it all about the environment and talking a lot about how much uh, they do to protect the environment of Nassau and the coral reefs and all of that stuff. And, you know, sort of saying, we don't know that Royal Caribbean is doing the same kind of due diligence. But let's be real. The real issue here is that Atlantis would very much like to shut down anything that is going to take people away from their resort and put them at this beach club where, you know, the money will go more to Royal Caribbean. And because of the way they've structured this deal, some to the uh, locals and the local government. But Atlantis would very much like to shut this down. No questions asked. You also have to remember that Royal Caribbean is a huge customer for Nassau Bahamas. In fact, uh, Royal sells their shore excursion for a day pass for $207.99 a person. So that's uh, a lot of money out of the Atlantis pocket and getting put back into Royal's pocket because, of course, they have to pay for those passes minus the commissions they make. It is always interesting how these companies always lean on the back or jump on the back of the environment when they're trying to be on the right side, like you said. Like, did we see that with Norwegian a couple of weeks ago saying, we're going to go slower and give you less port time to decrease our carbon footprint? Right. And, you know, this happens every single time. They say one thing, but, you know, you sort of look close enough and you find that it's not necessarily true. Like, remember a couple of years ago, all of the cruise lines were like, we're getting rid of straws. We're getting rid of not only straws, but all forms of, you know, single use plastics. Well, you know, I was on Norwegian a couple of weeks ago. And while it was difficult to find a plastic straw, there's a Starbucks on board and Starbucks serves all of their drinks in plastic cups with plastic lids. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not so sure that I can take their uh, statements quite at face value. This next story, wow, another incident of cruise rage. Yeah, that's a great word for it. I, you know... Remember years ago, we used to hear about road rage all the time, and cruise rage wasn't even a thing. But we really hear more and more about just bad behavior at seas, and this definitely falls into that category. And there are kind of a few disturbing facts at play at this story. So the basics are that Ben Murphy, who is a magician, was performing his act on Quantum of the Seas. And he had, you know, a volunteer from the audience like they do, and they were doing their little trick. And the trick involved um, something involving like putting something in your mouth and passing it to someone else. And allegedly the person – he got attacked by a person in the audience who was assumed to be the partner of the volunteer who thought it was a little too intimate maybe, thought it was a little too – you know, getting too close for comfort. And he stormed the stage and attacked the magician. This was on Quantum of the Seas. So we say allegedly when we talk about these things because, you know, that's what you have to do for legal reasons. But it was caught on tape and there was an audience full of people. So here's where things get a little weird to me. It appears Royal Caribbean did not take statements from anyone until like a week later. And then, according to something the magician posted and later deleted, 
they claimed there were no witnesses. Now, that seems hard to sell, given that obviously there was an entire audience of people, and it was caught on videotape, and it has now been seen by, like, you know, 10 million people. So to say that it was, you know, that there were no witnesses is odd. What's also striking about this is uh, we re- we have an editorial currently talking about the fact that usually when people hear about you know these kind of incidences, someone being attacked or a fight or something like that, the mind automatically goes to Carnival because Carnival had enough of an issue with this that they actually you know uh, put out uh, they now give you a letter for every person that's boarding saying hey here's the behavior we do not find acceptable and you know of course brawling and knocking people over is definitely included in that. It would be interesting if this had actually taken place on a carnival ship as opposed to Royal Caribbean, because Carnival has made it clear, you disobey these rules and we are going to punish you. It doesn't really sound like anything was done to the guy who attacked the magician. And I'd be interested to see if, you know, if Carnival would put its money where its mouth is and say, yeah, that's not acceptable. You're off the ship kind of thing. Mm. But Really, this behavior has got to stop. This is not acceptable uh, under any circumstances on any ship. Do we know if alcohol was involved? We don't. Um, you know, there's been speculation, and there was one guest on board who kind of indicated that it might have been. I, I just, I just can't even imagine. Like to me, are you so insecure that you're that your girlfriend, wife, whatever? you know, passing a card to a magician during a show and she volunteered for this, you know, it's not like, it's not like she was hypnotized into doing anything. Like, are you so insecure that you have to attack a man under those circumstances? I'm also sort of surprised that after the attack, he was allowed to basically just storm out. You know, I would think that, that the audience might have even stopped him, let alone security or the stage manager or some member of the cruise staff. I'm just really surprised he was able to just kind of leave. But according to people who were in the audience, they were so stunned. Some of them thought it was part of the show. Some of them were just surprised and didn't know how to react. So I, I guess, you know, maybe it all happened so quickly that they just didn't even think to do that. It'll be interesting to see if this sparks some kind of drink limit cap for their um, unlimited drink package, because you know how Carnival has 15 drinks in a day. And I believe with Royal, or it used to be like this, Royal in Norwegian, there is no cap. No, there isn't, as far as I know. And, you know, I, I've i always, it's interesting, you hear people struggle with the 15 things, 15 drinks a day, and... I did once reach that limit. It was a day when I started at like, you know, seven in the morning and was lounging by the pool all day and had drinks with dinner and went to shows at night and, you know, but it's really hard to hit 15 drinks a day. And yet you see people who complain all the time about, you know, how dare they limit my, they can't call it an unlimited package. Well, they don't. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Norwegian and uh, uh, Royal, as far as I know, they do not put limits on that. Well, on the flip side, if you're on the wagon, you can now get these popular carnival drinks uh, alcohol-free. This is the coolest thing ever. Okay, because I love the Alchemy Bar. It is just about all of the carnival ships. 
And they have these incredibly delicious drinks, but they're also really potent. And now they've got this new deal with a company called, I believe it's called Liars. It's L-Y-R-E. I believe it's Liars. And they are making those same drinks that everybody loves at the at the Alchemy Bar, but with non-distilled alcohol-free versions of, you know, gin or rum or whatever. So for example, one of my favorite drinks is the spicy the spicy chipotle pineapple martini. And they make this, but they use a non-alcoholic version of the vodka that goes in it to do it. And you know, they also have drinks with non-alcoholic versions of gin, stuff like that. And what's kind of cool is I have been in the Alchemy Bar, and I've, you know, I, I, I like to drink, and so I'll have several drinks. But after a while, you like, you want more to drink, but you know, you can't have any more. You will be flat on the floor. It's a cool idea to be able to like continue having the drink you like, but having a non-alcoholic version of it. Or for people who don't drink for whatever reason, to be able to, you know go to this bar that specializes in these drinks and get these special drinks without the alcohol. I, I think it's such a cool idea. They're also going to be serving alcohol-free Prosecco in the main dining room. And, you know, as a as a <laughs> drinker of sorts, I don't really see the point of alcohol-free Prosecco, but I guess that it's the same as any other alcohol. Royal Caribbean says, oops, wrong cruise line. Not only wrong cruise line, but wrong promotion that no longer exists. <laughs> right. So some Royal Caribbean passengers noticed that there was this thing being advertised on the site called the Premier Package. And it was listed as being $88.99 for the length of the cruise. And it said the Premier Pass included all kinds of stuff like priority embarkation and disembarkation, behind-the-scenes tour for two guests, Lunch with officers, unlimited internet access for two guests, captain's toast, a wine pairing, laundry service. I mean, it was like this really big list of valuable perks that certainly seemed like it was too good to be true, especially at the price of $88.99. Well, it turned out it was too good to be true because it was not something that Royal Caribbean was offering. Uh, and in fact, it was something that used to be offered on celebrity cruises, but is no longer. Uh, it seems to have stopped right around the time of the shutdown. So it seems like when they came back, they never really brought this package back. The weird thing is you can still find it. You know, you can still find it on the internet. You can still sometimes find it offered on cruise packages, but it is not available. The people who actually bought it when it was listed on Royal Caribbean, because it wasn't just listed there, you could actually purchase it. Uh, they, of course, wound up getting... Uh, their money back. It was fully refunded. But yeah, that's I, it's interesting. I guess that's what happens when you have, you know, cruise lines that operate under the same corporate umbrella. You know, you can see the same thing happening with, say, you know, Carnival and Costa, that they might accidentally put something that's only available on Costa on the Carnival site. So, nope. Sorry, folks, you will not be able to get the Premier Pass, not for any price on any cruise line. An expensive lesson on why you shouldn't bring plants and food back into a different country. This story comes to us out of Australia, where a passenger was fined $3,300 for trying to bring items into the country. They were on a cruise that started in New Zealand and ended in Brisbane, Australia. And it was at the disembarkation point that it was discovered they had a bunch of stuff. They had two live plants, 
a coconut shell, seed pods, betel nut, mustard sticks, shells, coral, and dried plant materials. It sounds like they were trying to basically bring in an entire environment, probably going to start a new <laughs> garden or something. All of those things it is illegal for them to have brought, uh, mostly having to do with what they call biosecurity, which is a fancy way of saying that you might unintentionally bring something into the country that has a really negative effect on local plants and animals. For example, you know, maybe you bring home a shell and there's a bug inside that shell, and it turns out that that shell, that bug inside that shell is pregnant, and it turns out that the bug happens to not be native to your country, and it really likes eating all the crops. And so suddenly you have an infestation that can, you know, absolutely wipe out and devastate an entire area. So they definitely want you not to do that. It's important to know what you can and can't bring back on board, and it varies from country to country. Everybody tries to do it. You know, you go to the beach and you're like, oh, I'm going to bring these shoals home. And you often hear about people getting busted. But, you know, it's it's nice to know it's not just Americans. It happens overseas, too. Actually, when I was hiking over in Utah, they have these things called zebra mussels that get attached from, like, the lakes. And when people put their boats from the lakes into the rivers, it could bring them in. So if you get caught not washing your boat down before launching it into a lake or river, you can get fined. That makes sense. I mean, I, you know, we've all heard stories over the years of stuff like, you know, a frog that somebody innocently brought home. And the next thing you know, they have to figure out some way to get rid of all of these frogs, which are now destroying crops. It's, mm -hmm. it's a real problem. And it, you know, nobody. I don't think most people do it intentionally. Nobody's like, "Oh, I'm going to bring this this nefariously notorious insect into the country and destroy everything." You know, nobody's out there playing Doctor Evil, but they are out there saying, "Oh, I really want to bring this home. I think it'd look really cute in my garden," without yeah. really knowing what the implications of that could be. And some news of the weird, well, actually, probably news of the cute. Yeah, definitely cute. I mean, come on. So it's a burrowing owl, which if you want to see it, take a look online. They are not extinct in Florida, but they're sort of on the rare side. They're threatened to be extinct. And apparently one of them found its way onto the Symphony of the Seas. Guess they like cruising, too. It was spotted at various spots all around the ship during a two-week voyage. When the ship got back to Florida, the environmental office are on board, you know, called the local Fish and Wildlife Conservation. Somebody from there came over and they, they had an hour window between the end of disembarkation for this cruise and the beginning of embarkation for the next one, during which um, the environmentalists came on and had some crew members helping and they set up nets and tried to like make sounds that would lure him into the net. He was safely captured, taken to, I, I can't remember exactly where he was taken to, I think the, like a local conservation society. He was in good health. It seems he lost a little weight. Apparently it is possible to lose weight on a cruise, which I have never found to be true, but hey, apparently it can happen. The owl got a two-week cruise. Passengers got kind of a cool little sighting around the ship and all's well that ends well. Central Park seems like Taj Mahal to an owl until you're 200 miles off the coast. But even then, I mean, I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool. Like, hey, look where I am. You know, I've got something to write home about. I, I don't know. Just I, I've often wondered if the spots like Central Park, which, you know, is that for people who don't know is is a park like 
section of the ship that's carved out of the middle. It's big. It's beautiful. It's got trees and plants and water. I wonder, you know, there must be some wildlife living in there, you know, secretly. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I guess it's probably a, a good thing that not that he lost weight, but that he was he didn't get fatter from rats or mice on the ship, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That would be the worst. Yeah. If all of a sudden people were going out on their balconies and they were finding that <laughs> the local neighborhood burrowing owl had left a little present the way cats do. <laughs> yeah. Staff writer Richard Sims, as always, thank you, my friend. As always, glad to be here. Do you have a story or a tip to report? Let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. At the end of last year, Daniel and his family took a five-night cruise aboard Norwegian Encore. It was a five-nighter out of Miami, and it was a haven experience. Daniel joins us on the line. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Doug. Always a pleasure to be back. Likewise, and I'm excited to hear about the Haven on Encore. That's one of the ships we haven't heard about, at least on the Haven side, in a long time. So we'll take a a couple of steps back here before we jump right to the ship. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. It's the end of the year. You're up in New York. You want to get to Miami. Did that have anything to play because of the weather and all that? Yeah, I mean, the day after my daughter was done with school, we jetted down to Miami a night early as I have family there, Um, my cousin who... I love, named Jenny, and we hung out with her. I haven't seen her in a while, and uh, stayed at the Lowe's, which is like 18, 19 minutes from the port. In fact, from our room, we could sort of see some of the cruise ships there, which, mm-hmm. is, which is so much fun. Following afternoon, we made our way, really easy trip, Ubered it to the port of Miami, and I think, do we have, yeah, we had lunch at the hotel and got to the ship at around one o'clock or so. What did you think of the new terminal? I had not seen it before. It was, it's a beautiful terminal. It's just like, you know, I'm used to Pier 88 off mm. the Hudson River, which is, it might as well be the Port Authority or something. It's right. just not. <laughs> this is really nice. This is really nice. So tell us, how was embarkation being a Haven guest? We, as soon as we showed our credentials, there was no more COVID-related affidavits about our health or anything like that. So we were greeted by specialized Haven folks and just whisked right up. I would say that maybe seven or eight minutes tops um, to get to our rooms. Nice. Okay. So you make your way on board. What were your first impressions? Like, have you sailed Encore before? I've never sailed Encore. I have done a few uh, Norwegian cruises Mm -hmm. and the ship blew me away. It's not Oasis class, huge, but I think it's called, is it Breakaway Plus? I think that's that it, yeah. Class? It's a huge ship for Norwegian, or it's just a huge ship, period. Um, but one thing is that the artwork is so eclectic 
and wonderfully curated. It's just so everything sort of blends in nicely. The color schemes are great. Um, for a big ship, there's so many little places that are made to seem or feel intimate, partially because of the, the artwork and partially just because of how it's designed and laid out. Um, atrium is glorious. Everything is glistening, totally clean. It's a great atrium. It's a great first impression. All right, so you make your way up to the Haven area where you were for the five nights. Uh, paint that picture for us. Like, How does the Haven experience differ from if you were just in a normal interior ocean view or balcony cabin downstairs? Well, you're, you are um, brought up by sort of your own personal person who introduces you to your butler. And your butler then introduces you or gives you a lay of the land, which is the, the your concierge station, the bar where the dining rooms are, the um, indoor pool area, excuse me, exclusively for Haven guests. And then you're taken to your room and essentially you're asked, you know, politely and, and not off-puttingly if there's anything you need, anything you want. You're given your butler's card, you're given the concierge's cards, and then sort of left to your own devices. The rooms are great, really spacious balconies, um, glass door showers, a lot of storage, um, a, just a lot of space. Uh, it was the largest balcony I've, I've ever had at sea. It was just, you know, you one could two or three people could easily sleep out there. It was just fantastic. Just everything is modern. Everything is uh, lots of USBs. Um, excellent water pressure. The shower got hot very, very quickly. And it was the type of shower where once you sort of set the, set it to the temperature you want, you could leave it there. And then all you need to do was just turn the shower on again. And immediately it was at the, the temperature you wanted. It's very, very difficult, although I've done it. But once you experience the haven it's a little tricky going back mm -hmm. to to more regular accommodations but i've done it and i still love love it but the haven is really something special you mentioned you had a butler how involved is he through your vacation like is he uh and pardon my ignorance like unpacking for you and stuff like that he can my first butler experience i didn't know what to do like i <laughs> i didn't know how to sort of use him uh not to sound rude but I made zero requests of the butler except, you know, profusely thanking him for being a butler. You know, I didn't have my shoes shined. I didn't have really anything done. Maybe laundry was it. But um, any cruise passenger could have their laundry picked up and delivered. But in, on this cruise, I invested more in using the butler for things like um, my daughter wanted cookies one night. Um, I did, my shoes got scuffed up. I wanted them shined. Um, I had special breakfast requests, timing for me and my daughter and for my wife. Um, the weather was getting weird and my wife uh, was getting a little seasick. Uh, she hadn't found her sea legs yet. And he sort of gave me some ideas and suggestions about that. So I, I, it was just a great resource to have. So let's talk about the dining experience. Now, since we're in the Haven right now, we'll talk about the Haven dining experience first, because there is a, I guess, a Haven dining room there, correct? There is. There's a formal dining room that does lunch and dinner. And then for breakfast, there's uh, sort of a, 
a lightish buffet set up in in the room where their their pool is. Um, the food at the Haven was extraordinary. Lunches were great. We had two or three two I think we had two or three lunches there, all delicious, um, sort of Mediterranean themed light lunches, um, branzino and flatbreads and stuff like that. Um, good wine list. Um, we didn't do dinner at the Haven because we were, it's only five nights and we wanted to do all the specialty dining. But I, one thing I love about the Haven is their prime rib. I don't eat meat on land. For some reason, I allow myself to do so at sea. And their prime rib is, and I'm from New York where there's a lot of good a lot of good chop houses. Mm. Their prime rib is top three in my life. Nice. Top three. Wow. That says a lot. Very um, cool. Delicious. Incredible. Huge, juicy, not too fatty. They know, you know, it's not too rare. Some prime rib gets a little rubbery and stuff. Yeah. It's extraordinary. I dream of it. With all that good food, any time down there at the regular buffet, the Garden Cafe? Yes. We did Garden Cafe for our lunches. Um, on the three sea uh, days, and I would go get some stuff after working out for breakfast, and it was it's solid. Um, it was hit or miss with the Asian influenced dishes. Some were a little too oversalted, and some were just divine and great. I you know hit or miss. Um, I would say it's. Uh, my, I think my favorite um, buffet at sea is probably Disney food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, I would say, is tied with Royal. It's good. You just you, you have to get lucky. You mentioned you had a goal of trying to hit all of these specialty restaurants. So which ones did you wind up going to? We did teppanyaki, just my wife and I, because Miranda, my nine-year-old, um, discovered the kids' club, loved it, and that was that, so... We were happily on our own for, for, for most dinners. Uh, teppanyaki was great. Same, same old spiel as every teppanyaki, but the quality of, of the food was uh, markedly superior to, um, to Royal uh, by comparison. We did Los Lobos, which was great. Um, I would say the highlight for us was is it ocean blue? I think it's ocean blue. Um, that was sensational. And it was, there was alfresco dining at, you know, alfresco dining. Um, and it was just romantic and the, the quality of the fish, uh, exceptional. Um, we also did Cagney's. Yeah, we did Cagney's and that was fine. I, you know, compared to, um, the prime rib, at the Haven, it was sort of okay, a slight letdown, but um, it was fine. It's sort of one of those things you got to do. You got to do Cagney. <laughs> and we did the Onda by Scarpetta, and that was, that was very similar to the original Scarpetta uh, in New York on West 14th Street. That was really, really fresh pasta. I would say that was number two after Prime Blue. They were all ex- like A- minus to A+. Plus. Nice. Now, with your dining, because you had so many dining, uh, you ate at so many specialty restaurants, did you have like any kind of dining package with your cruise fare? We did. With the Haven, I think you get per person, you get two. Mm-hmm. I might be mistaken, you get one, but we added... Um, for specialty dining 
restaurants at our disposal and we used all four of them and it was totally worth it. I forget what it cost, maybe a hundred dollars a person for, you know, and that includes, and we had the beverage package. So, um, for $25, you could have anything you want. And we were pretty indulgent this time. Like I'm sometimes I feel embarrassed to order two appetizers, but I was like, you know what? Why not? We made the best of it for sure. I know you're not a big drinker, but did you get the drink package perk? We did. Yeah. That just comes with it. My wife is more into the mixology scene than I am. I'm like you. I'm very simply a Tito's guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have a Tito's and yep. side of cranberry, please. And water. You know, that's that was it. I did Starbucks, too. And I, that was that was good because I would have probably two Starbucks a day. And that would that would have added up. So mm-hmm. it was um, it made sense dollar wise. Yeah. It really did. So let's talk about the entertainment on this five night sailing. How did it stack up for y'all? Because our daughter had sort of very particular timing with the kids club and stuff. The only show we saw, like big show, uh, was was the Beatles stuff at the Cavern, and that was uh, wonderful. Like that, I I, um, I wish we had gone to more of them, but we didn't discover the kids club, or she didn't want to go to the kids club until like the third night or something Mm -hmm. but the the cavern was great it is standing room only it's wise to get there early and uh it's an angry mob it's an angry crowd there uh if you're if you're in someone's sight lines they're gonna let you know about it which happened to us but we were (laughs) tried to like get into the right place we're both tall um so the cavern was great the beatles performer is wonderful on board the ship um which i suppose you could include as entertainment, I did this, the Speedway, mm-hmm. and I love that. That, to me, that was um, an experience on a cruise ship I'll never forget. It was such fun. It was intense. It was just, it, it was great. I came in second. I got really into it. So weird to do it, to do that on a, to be on a racetrack on a cruise ship, because, of course, I forgot where the heck I was. <laughs> I was just like, transformed into a race car driver. And I'm not a very good driver, by the way, (laughs) as I call you from New Jersey. On the ship, there was good piano playing and a couple of strolling guitarists, but nothing to write home about. I just wish I had gone to the cavern more often because they sort of, uh, they chronicled the different periods of the Beatles from their sort of late 1950s, early 1960s Hamburg Germany, I want to hold your hand stage to, um, you know, the Sgt. Pepper stuff to their Let It Be album. Um, and we only got to see the, the earlier Beatles stuff. But the, the four gentlemen who portrayed the Beatles were spot on. Great musicians, great voices. And, you know, I never got to see the Beatles play. And I, because, well, was way too young, but I felt like I was in their presence at the cavern. It was awesome. Let me ask you this, Daniel, because live music is my thing. Like nothing gets me more energized than being in the first few rows of a live music concert. Like I was like front row at Carrie Underwood a couple of weeks ago, and it's just so awesome. But then you have people behind you saying, sit down. And you're like, well, I just paid a good amount of money to be here and to stand up. So, politely, no, I'm not going to sit down. 
So did you have that whole vibe happening on board? I mean, maybe I was just being combative, but it's it just like, come on. Um, no, good for you. <clears throat> it was like my wife and I were dancing. We were, we were hanging out. We were having fun, which is the point, right? And people were like, you know, some of them had their cameras out. We're doing the vlog thing, which I just don't do at a concert um, at a principal because you're there for the experience, right? And God knows everyone else will have it on YouTube, so I need to go do that. But there were just some cranky people who, you know, who were, who got their spot really early and wanted that spot, didn't want to move, didn't want to twist and shout. They just wanted what they wanted and they made it known to us. So we were, I don't know, we just sort of moved to another spot and danced. Yeah, there you go. That's all you you can do. So let's talk about those sea days. It sounds like you had three of them, I believe. Uh, it was pretty crowded. It was uh, the ship was at full capacity, and it was crowded. Um, lots of chair hogs, um, but we just made the best of it. We, um, you know, I played uh, a lot of ping pong with my daughter. It was definitely crowded. If you didn't wake up mega early to grab you know, your little station or, or world of, of lounge chairs, then the odds were that you were going to be searching around for quite some time to find, um, uh, you know, a place to sit and be near the pool. But also, just because you're in the Haven, don't think there's there's not a chair hogs in the bougie area, because I, I was lucky to, to sail at the Haven once, and it was last March out of Manhattan, and uh, I woke up like around 6 o'clock, got a little breakfast by the pool down there, the little grab-and-go things, and I walked up, see, yeah. uh, upstairs to watch sailing, and there was like 15 chairs with towels on them already. Oh my God. I didn't experience it, but I, I always like it when you say the word bougie in the show. <laughs> I mean, it makes me feel younger. What the hell? Exactly. You're so hip. Uh, um, go ahead. That's another great thing about the Haven, and this might sound totally ostentatious, but it's when you, if you had enough of the crowds on a sea day, you just go up to your, you know, to deck 17, use your card, and the world becomes rather silent and, and sparsely populated. And you're like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, 100%. So these, uh, this itinerary kind of got flipped upside down for you because you were originally supposed to go to Great Stirrup Key and Porta Plata, which is over in the DR, but uh, weather kind of axed that for you. So you did Jamaica and Nassau, and you went to Ocho Rios. What did you do in Ocho Rios? Ocho Rios was wonderful. We went to a place called, a very old place called the Jamaica Inn, which is like um, Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller honeymoon there. It's like a classic old 1950s resort, boutique resort. Um, we almost didn't get in because guests had to be at least 10 years old. And my daughter was nine at the time. So I did what every good New York boy does and lied. <laughs> and uh, we met a family that had been going there for like 40 years. It was just, they had wood fire pizza ovens on the beach and it was some of the best um neapolitan pizza of my life they had a pool it was just like this little clicky awesome not at all pretentious the food was awesome the people were wonderful the guests there were great we had a ball and then you went to nassau what'd you do there we did i mean we've done nassau a zillion times you know in transit to eleuthera or on cruise ships and the attraction for my daughter is Atlantis and the lazy river. So Mm -hmm. that was really it. We did 
we lazy rivered it. Um, my wife went to the beach and then we all went into the ocean, but my daughter, like me, we are, we love lazy rivers. We just go around and around, hang out and giggle. So that's what we did. And then got back to the ship. So you make your way back to Port Miami to debark. How was that process? Uh, real easy. They, there's a special exit and someone takes us down. Um, you sort of go through the, the staff areas of the ship and avoid essentially everything. There is no, there was no wait. They make it as pain-free as possible. Smile on their face at, you know, negative 5 a.m. in the morning, whatever it is. And, and you're so thankful to just, it's so easy. And then we got into an Uber. We went back to the Lowe's Hotel in Miami. Um, and we were all packed. Just, I mean, we were dressed already for the pool and breakfast. And so we had breakfast at the pool, hung out, waited till the room was ready. And that was it. It was so easy. And I'm so grateful for it. Any first-time tips to offer someone who is going to or maybe considering the Haven? If it's in your budget, please, please, please do it would be my suggestion. It is. It adds another dimension to the trip. It's almost like you're on two well, – well, yeah, it's almost like you're on two cruises um, at once. There's the Haven experience. There's everything else. You can combine the two. Um, you don't have to be all Haven all the time or all not Haven all the time. There's a, a, you know, you'll know what to do in terms of, um, a ratio, but the Haven is special. It is, um, it's worth it. I've gotten Haven deals, um, purely from the upgrade process that have saved me thousands of dollars off the rack rate or the, the usual rate. So look for that. My other tip, which is, I think, uh, cruisers always say, but it's good to know that just be flexible because the weather is going to influence things sometimes. And, um, you gotta be, you just have to be flexible. Oh, and one last thing, my wife cured her seasickness with a all natural liquid that we got in the gift shop that she put beneath her ears. I think it's called motion ease. It's made with frankincense and um, tea tree oil and things like that. And the damn thing worked immediately. Wow. It was like, um, she went from a few nights where, or the first two nights where she was not a happy camper. She just wasn't having fun and was just, you know, nauseous and upset and sort of scared to just being like, I love cruising because mm -hmm. of this one thing. Does she cruise a lot with you? This was our third our third it's our one two three this is our fourth cruise together okay i know your daughter likes to cruise um, i don't know if you uh if the mom liked to cruise too she does now because of yeah. this stuff we're going um <laughs> on the encore to alaska um this summer nice. so yeah she, but this stuff i went into the gift shop i was like what can, what can i do because i you know i had the relief band that wasn't working and this gentleman at the gift shop said listen when i first got on this cruise i was I was puking all night. And then a friend of mine gave me this. It's $27, and it's a very tiny little bottle. But he's like, trust me. And I was like, okay. I got it. I went upstairs. I gave it to her. The next morning, she, my, my wife was beaming, smiling. Nice. And like, I love cruising. I love this stuff. And it smells good, too. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all? Um, 
Um, my biggest highlight was probably um, the Jamaica Portocol was, we just had, it was such a beautiful, interesting, historical place. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Arthur Miller, having written plays and stuff. And Marilyn Monroe's not bad either, right? Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed being in their glamorous 1950s footsteps, um, Pete's on the beach with the family. Weather was great. The people there were so nice. Um, I would say that. And the other highlight, I would say, is simply the Haven life and that moment when you've had your fun on a sea day. You know, you've, you've, you've been doing it. You've been partying in the daytime, and then it's time for a nap or it's time just to sit and read, and you go into the Haven, and it's just like you can exhale and you're treated uh, like royalty. Final thoughts of Norwegian Encore. It is my favorite cruise ship. This is my 12th cruise. Um, It is my favorite cruise ship. The size, the decor, the offerings from the Speedway to the, the Beatles tribute band, and the food are off the charts. And I cannot wait to go back on the Encore to Alaska. We've been talking with Daniel about his five-night sailing out of Miami on Norwegian Encore. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Doug. And before we hop here, a quick rundown to all the new Patreons who joined over the past couple of weeks. Brian, Chase, Garrett, Carrie, Ron, Mike, Jared, Kevin, Jason, Michael, Mark, Donald, James, Sebastian, Rhonda, Todd, Sam, Fred Scott, Ryan, Bruce, Carol, Debbie, Steve, Nick, Jim, Marcelo, Charles, Joshua, Ned, Donald, Adam, Kevin, Jeanette, Steve, Jake, Daryl, Garrison, Jason, Sonia, Michelle, Carol, Laggy, Eddie, Ryan and Sarah, Scott, Eric, Laura, and Kelly. To each one of you, I really appreciate your support. Find out more if you're interested in jumping in at patreon.com slash cruise radio. And we'll talk to you next week. God bless. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.